Well, hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of Forever Bristol City podcast. Well, 2023 just gets better and better because the side that beat us on uh, Boxing Day, uh, they turned up again at Ashton Gate in the fifth, fourth, <laughs> getting ahead of myself there, fourth round of the uh, FA Cup, and they were comprehensively beaten by three goals to nil. Stunning performance from City, couple of stars in there in particular. We'll talk about them uh, later on. And the we this morning is Ian and Mark. Morning, chaps. Are we uh, feeling chipper and 2023 gets better and better, doesn't it? We hope. Yeah, lots Yeah, lots to look forward to. And uh, an, an, a new star is born in Sam Bell and a natural finisher to boot by the look of it. Yeah, well, one would hope so. Ian, before we get into the game, I mean, we've said, uh, you know, Sam Bell looked like a little boy lost uh, the few cameo appearances that he's made but it just goes to show that it is all about confidence and getting minutes on the pitch because uh, you know it, it, it he's, he's going to be the next one off the conveyor belt as the academy just based on yesterday's finishing and that finish at Swansea as well yes he is but it's not just about minutes on the pitch it's about minutes on the pitch in the correct position mm. not playing right wing back I nearly, I nearly swore then. Um, and it's about playing the right football to suit the players you've got. Now, as soon as I looked at our team yesterday and as soon as I saw them line up, they had a six-foot-eight basketball player playing at centre-back. And he was literally a foot taller than either of our strikers. Naki was about 5'6". <laughs> I think Sam must go 5'8". He was about a foot taller than him. And when they stood next to him, it was unbelievable. Now. I thought, please, 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 can we play football like we did against Pompey? Now, West Brom did us a right favour by playing a high back line. And with only 30-odd percent possession, we played through them. When we got it right, we played through them at will. And that's exactly how, how we could play. Now, the problem may be um, when a side comes and sits in, but not many sides do that. So let's hope... It continues, but let's hope we keep playing the football we played yesterday and the football we played against Birmingham. Now, yesterday was better because we defended properly and kept a clean sheet as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. So let, let's keep doing that. It's not about, you know, we've got probably the smallest, one of the smallest sides in that division. And, and yet, if you've got the right, if you've got pace and you've got quality, then you, you've got to, you, you know, you play in that way that you get sides onto you and you play through them and you hit them hard on the transition. And that's exactly what, how we've got to keep playing. Let's not, please God, let's not go up to Preston and start banging it. No. No, that's true. Um, M- Mark, the uh, starting lineup, uh, what with the people in the banish, Semenyo going, suspensions and what have you, uh, it pretty much uh, picked itself. But uh, Jay De Silva came in for the suspended uh, Pring. I didn't realise he was out until somebody said uh, in, in some media that two yellow cards and you miss a game. And then Sam Bell, an obvious replacement for uh, uh, the departed Semenyo. But uh, no surprises in that for you there, uh, Mark? No, um, I wondered if he he, he plays Sykes. I mean, he, uh, Sam had to play on on. He was playing on the left of a three, although he you know he he he, he moved over to the right in the centre. It, it it rotated, but yeah, the side picks itself because we we haven't got many players to pick from. And um, Ollie Thomas, I've never heard of Ollie Thomas before. Great for him and Marty Francois, uh, who suffered a lot of hamstring problems uh, being on the bench, and and they made their debuts, which was fantastic for the club and for them. And Brian Tinian must be purring with the uh, talent that's coming off the academy conveyor belt, and uh, let's hope that continues. Yeah, Ian. Uh, people say that some clubs don't take the FA Cup seriously, but here we are for the third time in. Uh... Uh, five years or four years, I think it was uh, uh, Exile Robin said on Twitter um, in in the fifth round. But Carlos Corbran, he he named a pretty strong lineup as well, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And it's worth remembering that West Brom had one forward that played yesterday that cost more than our entire squad. Mm. So th- that's what I call taking it seriously. Um, and our defence did such a good job, and we had to, I think he got subbed off in the end. Uh, so, yeah, which one was that? Which one was that? Karen Grant. Karen Grant. They, Grant. Paid, and- they paid sixteen million for him um, from Huddersfield, 
Now, if you look at, at our side, uh, going through it, there are, uh, well, we paid money for Naki. Atkinson. We paid money for Jada Silva. We paid money for George Tanner and Rob Atkinson. But that's your lot. But if you add all that up, it doesn't five come mil, to half. Five mil, probably. Six, maybe. At a push. Not even that. Really, yeah, but it, what the, my point is, it, it, it doesn't come to half what they paid for one player. So be, before anybody looked around and said, well, you know, uh, it wasn't the strongest team. It was a re- they, had, they put out a really strong team with players like Rogic, who's ex Celtic, Jeb Wallace, who always causes problems. Uh, he got DK, subbed Darryl, off, didn't he? Yeah, he got Darryl, subbed off, Jeb Wallace. Yeah. yeah Daryl DK. Uh, well, w- w- it, to be honest, it's very difficult when you're in the Dolman stand to know who's getting subbed off and who's on because all you hear is. Well, never mind that. Never mind that. We'll talk about it later because I thought, oh my God, there was no Downsy on the mic yesterday. And, uh, you know, he had, he, had listening. Co- he had a positive COVID he test. He had a positive right? COVID test, but the bloke on the. Uh, we, we, I've made a note to talk about that in a minute, actually. Ian, one bloke who was missing for them that was somebody that we'd have liked, but we were never going to get, who moved to them in the summer. And that was that guy. Is it Jonathan Swift? Who plays X Reading? He did he play in yeah, that team? He, he was earning an absolute fortune at Reading because they signed him from Chelsea, and he's probably earning strong money at West Brom. So that was never going to happen. Mm. But was he? It was he in the team yesterday. I'm, I should have checked. I think he's got. I think he's got an injury. Uh, him and uh, he, he him and Matt Phillips have got a bad injury as well. Thanks, Ian. Uh, he wasn't on the. Um, he wasn't on the bench. And Matt, as Mark said, Matt Matt Phillips. Has got a bad injury, but look at the players they brought on: Grady Dean Garner, Thomas yeah. Asante. They got from that's a player we could have got, um, but you know Jake Livermore. Come on, yeah, that's no. I that's mean, a, that was a, a strong that, team. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, let's get into uh, the goals. I'll stick with uh, you, Ian. Take us through, rather than me describe it and you say then. Oh well, what have I got to say? <laughs> no. Then. Um, Take us through the first goal, which I had the perfect position for. But what I will say, and I'd agree with somebody who put this on either OTIB or Twitter, the finish was akin to um, Joe Bryan's against the Gas many, many years ago in some cup game. But uh, I don't know if you can recall that one, Ian. But take us through the goal, because it came out of nothing and it was an opportunist strike, wasn't it? Well, it was it was from a corner. We I think we made a bit of a bit of a mons of the corner, to be perfectly honest. And the brawl broke through into space inside the box and Sam Bell didn't really well he had time to think about it but he didn't he just instinctively did exactly what he'd done if he was playing for the under 21s where he's been scoring goals for fun and it was very similar Joe's uh, finish against the gas was from further out but once again with his right foot and he didn't over hit it he passed it passed it pretty hard I have to say uh, straight across into the side netting. Keeper, no chance. So fantastic finish. And I'll say a couple of things that I, I said to Mark yesterday when I was talking to him after the game. Uh, I This controversial opinion, but I've never stayed away from them. Uh, Sam Bell is a better finisher than Anton Semenya will ever be. It, because he is a natural finisher. And his, his first touch is better. Now, I'm not saying he's as good a player or he's as good a player now. But what I'm saying is, if if we can provide that kid with chances, he'll score goals. But he could, a bit like Conway. But it, it's all about what I said earlier. And I can't, uh, you know, I'm not going to keep going on about it, but I probably will. We've got to keep playing that kind of football because otherwise he ain't going to get the chances. No. Terrific goal. No. Yeah, perfect goal. No, and, and and again, to quote somebody, I think it was on uh, Radio Bristol, it might even have been Gary Hours or one of the lads that came up with Jeff in the box. You know, it's usual that we're the team that don't react quickly, but they were like statues, their defenders, before he uh, stepped in uh, and scored. Um, Mark, the second goal, uh, we're in dreamland, really. Again, I think it was originating from um, Naismith, Naismith to Naki Wells, but take us through that one. First goal of the season for Alex Scott and uh, what a performance from him throughout the 90 minutes for a change. Well, it was the compactness of the side that did it. You know, we're playing a nice compact 4-3-3 and Cal Naismith won the ball in midfield and he'd done it about 30 seconds earlier and got the ball to Scott, 
who'd lost it with a bad first touch. So he turned the ball over in midfield, played it to Wells. Sykes is on his shoulder and it's terrific. Plays it, plays it to the right, into the area, back straight across the goal and there's Scott at the far post. Open goal, terrific. Bodies in the box. It's just so simple. You know, yeah. when you play nice short passive with, with, with movement. And, uh, you know, we, we only got 38% possession yesterday, but you, you, you pick your It doesn't times. matter. It's what you do with the ball uh, it's when you what have got you, it. Yeah. And it was beautiful. A beautiful goal. Yeah. Great goal. Yeah. Um, Ian, uh, performance like that from Scott. I mean, there was a few blokes sat behind me in the lower lands down. They were in the posh seats about eight rows up. But guys in suits with clipboards, they're clearly not there. having enjoyed the prawn sandwiches. I think somebody might come in with a cheeky bid for Scott because he got a goal and put in the sort of performance. Yeah, some of his touching yesterday was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, but what 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 did you think? We've all we've all already had the the cheeky bid, um, and I don't think the club are under no threat of him being able to move on unless they want him to. We've got he's under contract until twenty twenty five, and a lot can happen in that time. Mm. There was a rumor going around that he was going to sign. A, a new contract. Uh, I think what he'll do is what he's already publicly said is he wants to look at his options in the summer, which I think is sensible because then he'll know what division we're in. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's a good player. He's going to attract interest, but also what they would have noticed is that was his first goal in a year. Yeah. So if you're going to go and spend, you know, my, 25. my <laughs> feedback on it was Wolves, when we quoted them 25 million quid, Wolves absolutely balked at that and nearly fell over. And then they they went off and they've signed, I think, four or five players in the window. And if you, you throw them all together, it's probably slightly more than 20, uh, 25 million. Yeah. Uh, they've signed a guy called Yao Felix from Flamenco for 15 million quid. Um, that's the latest one. Then obviously they, they signed Bents for uh, a nominal fee. So. Look, we've we've got to. He's better off. I genuinely feel he's better off staying with us because in, if he goes to a Premier League team, he's not going to get in anything but a struggling Premier League side. He's he's not going to go into a top top six team, probably no. not a top eight team, and play regularly. And that's what he needs. He needs to play week in, week out, and he seems to be really enjoying his football. I think that was his best game of the season. Yeah, oh. a really good first half up at up at Blackburn where we won up there. But that was his and City's best performance this season over the whole ninety minutes. Yeah, um, and probably they, one of the best performances since Nigel's been in charge. One might say. Yeah, arg- looking arguably, at the quality, looking at the quality of the opposition. Yeah, yeah, arguably the best. So you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it and keep going. And I think it, we're at the moment where. Unless the bid is, as you say, it won't. They won't accept a cheeky bid. That's a dead cert. Yeah. If a bid came in, let's say, all right, we'll say it's Wolves, and they come in and say, all right, all right, all right, uh, twenty-five million, and we'll loan him back to you for the rest of this season. But we want him in the summer. Bearing in mind, Wolves could easily be in the championship. Yes, they could. Season. So yes, they could indeed. Then the um, club, then the club would take that, but not a, a cheeky bid. No chance. Yeah. Mark, 2-0 sort of puts you in the driving seat, although it's always dangerous because, you know, the opposition need to get one. And there was a little bit, I mean, we were solid yesterday. I thought Jay, he made a good return, offered something different to uh, to Cam Pring. But uh, um, Rob got himself a little bit overcomplicated at the back and uh, Max had to do that arching backwards, not acrobatic save, but he just had to make sure he didn't carry the ball over the line. Um he sorted himself out though, Atkinson, didn't he? And the back four again looked accomplished with uh, Zach Viner uh, imperious at the back, isn't he? Yeah, Zach Viner's. Um, I think he's going to be. He's one of the players of the season. Extraordinary, you know, redemption for uh, a player that looked look finished at City, and he's looked a very, you know, a good Championship player, and his his stocks on the rise. Atkinson got beaten for pace on on a few, on a few occasions. He actually redeemed himself. He got beaten down. That he went behind. I think Wallace went behind him, uh, and he actually stood up. And I think he got a slight block, which made the ball spin and it loop into the air. And that's why um, O'Leary was able. 
save it and and Wallace went obbling off in 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 the background but uh yeah it was a, a good it was a good solid performance and what we did yesterday and I think most impressed me was the amount of second balls that we won when we lost the ball the first man there was somebody tidying up uh, in corners, we looked we looked uh, pretty content. I think yeah, the dead um, ball Miriam kicking was bet the the free well the corners we had uh, we had about eight or nine in the game. The Ten, corners yeah. were better struck than we have seen, weren't they? Yeah, well, yeah. Some of them were were a, were, were a bit ropey. I mean, to be quite honest, you look at statistically with corners, you get very few goals from them, but it, it just it, it just excites the crowd that you're getting near the near the goal, but. Yeah, I just I think we defended we defended very well, protected Max. He made two very good saves. I think one from a corner, Cipher he saved his feet, and the one from Thomas Asante. But the number of second balls that we won, and we broke well from defence in numbers. And I think a four-three allows you to do that. And what it did was it what it's done. This happy accident of uh, of changing the side has meant that Carl Naismith's now moved in the centre of midfield, playing left of a three. And he looks terrific, very comfortable. Yeah. We're not worried about him being, uh, you know, the, the, the middle centre back. <laughs> the, the no, last well, he man. was. He was an accident. He looks, to happen he back looks there. great. Witness, yeah, yeah. he drives things away. forward, and of course yeah. that frees up Alex Scott. And I think what we got to do now, we got to accept. I think that Scott will probably go in the summer, and he should revel in the bar, barring injuries to him and in the others because we're very thin on the ground that he could really have a great second half of the season. Well, yeah, third. I mean, you know, give it another about 10 days, you know, we're into the last uh, 15 games of the season, you know, so there's only about a third of the season left. Uh, Ian, we can't uh, not talk about the uh, third goal, which came at a critical time straight after the restart. Again, take us through that. You know, it was swift and incisive and, you know, people have said, oh, he's like Michael Owen. Yeah, and I think that's probably because he looks a little bit like him as well, Sam Bell. But to take us through that third goal. You want me to talk you through the third goal? Yeah. Timing was absolutely perfect. Um, West Brom had got on the front foot, obviously. Uh, I, I was surprised Corbyn didn't make a lot of changes at half time, at least two mm. or three. Uh, but he didn't. And sent them out, obviously, with a few words ringing in their ears. And uh, we we got the ball forward. Good interplay between Sykes and Tanner. Tanner's got forward. Delicious cross into the box. Bell's first touch was absolutely perfect. And then an imperious uh, clipped finish over the goalkeeper as he came down. That wasn't easy because the keeper was quite close. And he had another chance later on on his left foot, which the keeper did get to. So yeah, well, I, I looked at that one again, Ian. That was shown on the BBC highlights, the grand total of three minutes of highlights. And it was just that first touch, just let him down slightly. But he, he yeah. probably deserved a hat-trick, didn't he? I think he did. I mean, what I was hoping for is that, is that you know, to at the end of the perfect day, um, particularly with a gas getting wallop 5-1, would have been us to get a penalty and Sam Bell to score it to get his hat-trick. Do you, um, think they would have, do you think he would have been allowed to take it at 3-0, with Naki being the obvious one? Well, I think Naki was off the uh, Naki was off the pitch um, when when he got um, uh, and, and Sam yeah, Bell completed the game. So right. I was hoping that last five five minutes, ten minutes, we get the pen, and then it doesn't matter who takes it. I could go and take it; it won't make any difference. So <laughs> you 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 could put Sam Bell, and, and that'd been lovely for the kid. A to score a penalty, B uh, to get his hat trick. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, I'll ask you to think easy. about this. Because I want to ask you in another question. But who was the last City player to score a hat trick? Mark, have a think about that for a moment. Andy yeah. Vyman against Ian, Hull. Mark, <laughs> who? What? Did Vyman score a hat trick against Hull last season? He bloody did. Yeah. Good goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when was the last time? When was the last time we got? We went seven games undefeated. I put that on Twitter, and somebody said uh, in September. <laughs> And yeah, Mark, yeah. you've got to get the word imperious in your next sequence because I used it to describe Zach Viner. Ian's just used it to de describe uh, Sam Bell's finish uh, and what have you. But sticking with you, Ian, um, Max O'Leary, Mark commented briefly, uh, called into action in the second half. Two great saves. I mean, we say we say Dan Bentley's a shot stopper, but um, he, did, he did well with... Uh, with both those chances that uh, Mark commented on from Asante and in that goalmouth melee. Ian. 
Sorry, I thought you were talking to Mark. No, no, back with I'm sticking with you because Mark's talked about the goalkeeping, and I just wanted to say mm-hmm. to you, I mean, Max O'Leary, you know, he what whatever he did yesterday, he did it perfectly. His handling was great, and those two saves that Mark alluded to from Asante and I don't know who it was, his, close range, but uh, his goal, he's claimed his that goal, number one spot. His goalkeeping was great. His distribution was awful for most of the game, and, and you mentioned the the incident with Atkinson. That wasn't Atkinson's fault. That was O'Leary's fault for giving Atkinson the ball when he shouldn't have. Yeah. So I thought Max's goalkeeping was superb. Uh, the two saves in the second half were terrific saves um, in a short space of time. And that would have put a lot of pressure on us. Uh, but I thought his, his distribution, the number of times he kicked the ball straight out of play over George Tanner's uh, head was, yeah. was, was legion. So... No, that that and his distribution is normally one of the stronger parts of his game. So he needs to he needs to get that right. Um, but that's just being churlish. I mean, on on the two saves, you're talking about a guy instead of getting a ten out of ten, getting an eight out of ten rating. Yeah, yeah, and we were three and up, I think, by then for both. But uh, it's good, as you said, Ian, to uh, to keep uh, a clean uh, a clean sheet. Um, Mark, Naismith and James in the middle with Scott. If we resigned to Scott leaving, you, know, you couldn't rule out maybe if he went, dare I say it, to a Chelsea and they loaned him back to us for a whole season because that could be next season. But let's just park that for a minute. Naismith and James, um, they're, they're not exactly the same style of player, but neither of them have got a great deal of pace. And when t- people talk about us having... You know, we need an extra player in midfield. While we've got Scott, is that an extra player that comes in and gives a bit more legs than Naismith and James have got? And it was interesting that he, when he came on, it was seventy-six minutes. Or do you think we we can perm any two from Naismith, James, and the legs of Williams, and that's enough? You know, we don't need to go out and get any body in midfield because they've got to be better. There's no point in bringing in somebody that's not going to walk into the side, is there? No, I mean it's going to be difficult, isn't it? With with, with Tuesday on the rise, and there's there's no, there's n- there's nothing been mooted about another midfield player. I mean, what mm. we're essentially doing is probably playing a four-two-one-three uh, in in defence. So you've got Naismith and, and James sitting, you know, in front of the back four, and then four-three-three in attack with mm. Naismith's ability to, you know, and James' ability to to turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And and you know and create chances, but that you know we saw yesterday with, with some of Scott's dribbling, he can he can beat two or three players, but don't want to overdo it. You want to you want to get players in, uh, you know, just beat a, don't you can't beat every man, but just 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 punch holes in the defence and and create space. But yeah, you can bring you can bring Williams on, but we're paper thin there. Really, it's it's uh, it's three places with only with only four players. Really, isn't it? I mean, unless you count Andy King, and yeah, you think Andy King might get the old run in the FA Cup, but he's uh, he's really well, just he's a probably going to get a coaching he? job in the summer. Maybe, maybe we don't know. Yeah, that. yeah. Ian, Ian, um, the uh, it wasn't a bad crowd in the end yesterday, was it? Fifteen and a half, three thousand from West Brom. A little bit of atmosphere again. Block A at the Dolman. What do you think? I think the block A in a Dolman is a good thing. And obviously for a cup game, when tickets go on general sell after quite a short period of time, your season ticket holders haven't bought them. I mean, I was surrounded by strangers yesterday. Um, yeah, me too. Then then um, it, it's good. But having our fans in block A and having some vociferous ones in block A has made a big difference to the atmosphere. And I think it's, it's whether it's a coincidence or not, it's reflected in the results. No, that is true. That's very true there. That is. And the referee yesterday, Matt Donohoe, he did all right, didn't he? Did you think? Ten out of ten. Yeah, absolutely excellent. Uh kept his kept largely kept his cards in his pocket. Um and uh I, I thought he, he had good control of the game. Um and that's all you ask for. And it's it's like any you know, when you you get a good referee, you, you don't notice him. When you get somebody down there, like some of the performances we've had from characters like Stroud and Andy Davis, uh, all oh, everyone's yeah. ever, ever talking about is the referee. And that's yeah. not, not what football's about. And, and blimey, we haven't even got VAR yet. So, um, yeah, I thought, I, thought he, I thought he did well. Yeah. Um, Mark, we're, we're, in the, uh, we're in the next round. Uh, people say, oh, we want one of the big clubs. And I'm thinking... 
and there's, got, there's quite a few of them around. A few have gone out, but there's quite a few. Um, I, my view is I'd sooner have somebody... Uh, I'd love it to be at home, and if it's away against one of the big boys, yeah, we don't want the winner of Luton or Grimsby away, yeah? Um, but would you prefer in the next round, you know, to have a... There's no easy games, but say somebody like... Well, the winner of Grimsby and Luton at home, and then it creates potentially a pathway for the first quarter final appearance since March the 9th, 1974. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's three parts of that. If you're Steve Lansdowne, you, you, you want Man City or Man United away because you get 45% of the gate receipts. You know, if you get a fifty, you, you get a six, sixty thousand crowd at, at Man United, and you'd be you'd be on on the TV. And if you want to, that would be worth a lot of money, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah if you want to, if you want to, if you want to progress, you want to play one of the lower teams, um, home or away, but you want a home draw. However, you you want a home draw. You want the best chance of progressing, like you said, to the sixth round of the FA Cup. Something we haven't done since 1974. I think the best chance we had was probably in 1990 when we played Cambridge, and we got beat five five nil or five. In a second replay, second replay. That was, wasn't it? Yeah. And they were in the fourth division then, and we were in we were in the second. Uh, sorry, we were in the third. No, we were in the third. Yeah. yeah, we were in the third. And we going you know, for promotion. We, that was the yeah, promotion yeah. year under Joe. Yeah, yeah. well, that was the what Bob Taylor 30, 30 goal season, and we really should have progressed. And that was when they were playing John Beck's, uh, you know, du- uh, direct direct football. Uh, would you uh, Would you like me to tell you the Cambridge forward line that night? Dion Dublin, um, John Taylor, Tom Taylor, Steve Claridge, Lee Philpott. Yeah. Yeah. Really good players who all, who all moved on. Well, apart from Taylor, he went down to the gas, but mm. um, all moved on to have really good careers, particularly yeah. Dublin and Claridge. Well, Philpot went to Leicester as well, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah they you're, had, right. They a, you're right. They well, may cut. have been played crap football, but they had a good team. Yeah, yeah, they got to the quarterfinals two years running. I think they, they lost to Palace at home, I think 1-0. Uh, of course, Nigel Martin was in goal for Palace and the ex-Rovers player, weren't they? They went on to the final and lost to Man United. And they got to the quarter-final the following year as well and then lost to Arsenal. So, you know, they didn't they didn't have a bad run. But, yeah, we I mean, that's an awful record. Uh, I mean, we got to two FA Cup semi-finals in, in our history. We uh, won one in 1909, beating Derby. Lost to Huddersfield in 1920. Lost the 1909 Cup final. And yeah, pathetic FA Cup record. We, we it'd be fantastic to progress, and it'd yeah. be nice if we could be like a, you know, like a Sunderland mid-table, you know, uh, second-tier team get into an FA Cup final. Strange things have happened. You never know. Well, I don't think Cup final because I'll tell you, I'm bricking it this morning. I, I said to my partner Matt, I said, oh, I said, in, in the prediction league that we do, <laughs> she goes for extremes and she put. Uh, City to get to the semi-final. I said, oh, yeah. So I just checked the dates. And it's the weekend of her birthday. And it's a special birthday. And I think when they do the semis, correct me if I'm wrong here, Mark or Ian, they do one on Saturday and one on Sunday, don't they? Yeah? Is that Probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't I know if it's hope... still. I don't know if it's still at Wembley because they were to- talking about taking it out of Wembley, weren't they? I think they are. Right? But I don't know. Well, if it's look, this whatever season, it is, sure. were we to get there? I'm just praying it is on the Sunday because I just got. Quite a lot of uh, stuff lined up for the Saturday. Well, the, the next, next, of course, the fifth round, and I forgot this when I was chatting to Ian post match. It's a midweek game. It is. No, I just reminded yeah. Ian of that because he thought. Well, he obviously relied on what you told him last night. When I yeah, was which was wrong. Well. <laughs> yeah. It's Wednesday, March the first. It's no yeah. replays. It's straight to penalties. I think Ian told me. And I would imagine that they'll probably do two batches of four on a Tuesday and a Wednesday night, just from the TV perspective, maybe. Ian, I'll come to you. Same question as Mark. Uh, you know, do you want to progress as far as you can or get that big draw now? I uh, want to progress as far as we can because we need the money. Yeah. It's, just sim- it's as simple as that. But, but I'll put a caveat on that. We must strengthen the squad over the next three, three days. Yeah. Because that's that's what we've got. We've got three well, days we'll come left. On to that. To, we'll come on to in, that. No, in, just... Including today, but that would be my caveat. Go on as long as you can with as much prize money, TV money, attendance money, ticket money, yeah. commercial money as you can get because we're, we're, we need the cash. Uh, but with the caveat that we strengthen the squad. Yeah. 
Um, before we talk about that, which we will talk about next, strengthening the uh, squad, a uh, quick word on the announcer. Uh, as we said, Downsy wasn't there. You guys couldn't hear him over there. But I have to say, uh, what what annoyed me was when he was reading out the uh, teams and it was at number three, we have Jada Silva. And he was, oh, God. And then it was, we have, we have. And then he talked about the substitutes and he said, today's substitutions are, and I gather, He's the announcer for Bristol Flyers. So uh, he did come in at the last minute. And when I used to do match day announcing, which was from about, I took over from Tottle, which was from about 93 until 99 when I was replaced by Sam Mason. I'm sure I made a few ricks during my time there, but uh, but there we go. Um, okay, so that's, you You guys didn't hear him, but uh, I'm sure some people uh, well, did. The P- I'll tell you what, the PA in the Lansdowne, on I mean, the lower Lansdowne, it must be just as bad as the Dolman. It's like somebody's his apple bobbing. You know, they've got their face in a bit in a bowl of water. Yeah, uh, I thought, blobby well, blobby. Sounds, like, sounds right. like the clank. It sounds like the clangers after time. You can't. Yeah, you know, no, most of the time, most of the time it was okay. He got his substitutions in a bit of a mix-up as well because he, he, I think he well he named one bloke twice when West Brom were doing their subs, but he wasn't helped by the fact that the fourth official was being uh, you know a little bit of a card shark, slight of hand. The numbers were going up like nobody's business, but there we go. Ian, um, yeah, you said that the transfer window, it's two two working days left, basically, isn't it? Because there's not a lot going to happen on the Sunday. Uh, one name that's been linked with us, Harry Connick, uh, Cornick, sorry, not to be confused with it. <laughs> he, he played, he put in an imperious performance for, uh, for Luton in the 60 minutes that he was on the pitch. Mark, I'm waiting for your incorporation of that word. Harry Cornick. Um, he's a player that would add value to the squad. Would that be a good signing in your view? Well, I think I describe him as an upgrade on Chris Martin. So, and he's seven years younger than Chris Martin. Hasn't got a fantastic um, goal scoring record. He's about one in four in his time at Luton. Uh, as previously with Yeovil, which is an interesting uh, throwaway fact. Um, Only on loan and. And he, he can play anywhere along the front three for mm. me. So he could do the role that Antoine was playing where where, where we defended 4-3-3 becomes 4-5-1 and one of your, your forwards drops out to the, what I'll call the left wing, left flank, and the other forward drops out to the right flank. Um, and, and that's how, how that particular formation works. And it, it's very widely played, Liverpool, Man City, um, play it and have done, uh, I think you could say they've done averagely well over the last few years with it. So, yeah, I, I think it, look, it's not a signing that people are going to get wildly excited about and you wouldn't expect it. Somebody said to me, well, he's not as good as Semenyo, is he? And I said, well, yeah, but <laughs> that's like saying, uh, you know, uh, my my motorcycle isn't as good as a uh, Rolls Royce. No, it's not. And it's not as much either, is it? Um, and, but it, they'll both still get you to work. So, yeah, I think you, yeah, not an exciting size signing, but I think he he's a seven year younger version possibly of Chris Martin, where he can play anywhere along the front three. Yeah. And and you've got to keep telling people you've got to have a squad because people say, oh, we don't need him. We got Sam Bell. Yeah, Sam can get injured. I know. Sam's no, he's team. a good. I think he's a good squad addition, as you say. And and yeah, I would not, say he's a replacement if Chris, Chris if, if Chris Martin moves out. And and there's there's been absolutely there's there's loads of interest apparently, but no one said, well, I'll have him then. So, mm. and and a load of stuff could be going on behind the scenes, but we have to accept with Nigel Pearson that there are three players down there that will not be playing. So you might as well call them unavailable, the same as you call injured players unavailable. Yeah, which is Hanoa, Tim Close, and Chris Martin. Yeah, That's yeah, the three. land of the banished. So you've mm. then got. You've then got four. Well, if Vyman's now fit and he can come back to Preston, you've got three injured. You've got Kane, uh, uh, Eamon Benarus, who's out for the season yeah. and won't be back until August and possibly a little bit later than that with his poor lad at his second ACL. Yeah. You've got yeah. Kane Wilson, who's back on the grass, but not joining in um, so to get all the parlance right. Um, and who's the other one? This is, oh, Tommy. Tommy's out for 10 weeks. Yeah, at least. So yeah. we we are thin, like Mark said. The squad's wafer thin, and it only wants one or two injuries to totally disrupt what we're doing. 
So, yeah. for example, if Rob Atkinson gets injured, who plays left centre-back? People say, well, Cal Naismith. All right, then who goes in midfield instead of him? Well, Joe Williams. So, once again, you're back to what wasn't working. Mm. So Interestingly, you say who goes at left centre-back because somebody corrected me yesterday. I've always felt that, you know, this business about Thomas Callas, you know, he played that, it right, that was, right. That was me, Dave. Was it you? So, you said Callas plays at left side. Because I, I was trying to call Callas out, remembering from last couple of years ago, I'll say last season, he'd been injured for most of, well, he's been out for a year nearly, Callas. But when Taylor Moore was in the side, and good to see he got a man of the match performance yesterday as Cottrell, Steve Shrewsbury made it four wins in a row. But Taylor Moore is not as, is, as his deficiencies, which is why he's playing in League One, still under contract from us, although on his way properly in the summer. But Callas... Um, I didn't realise that he could play left side and you reminded me that he plays left side for the Czech Republic. So when he was lining up in the few games, probably 2021 season or before lockdown and making the very one-footed Taylor Moore play to his left, I thought that was a little bit unfair as a senior pro because it was going to expose Taylor Moore. But could Callas not play at that left side? And dare I say, Prink could play on that left side if you're talking about if Atkinson gets injured. Yeah, but Dave, you, it's, that's, not, that's not Thomas Callas's decision. That would be, have been the manager's decision yeah. where he played. So it, it's not Callas can definitely play there because that's where he plays for the Czech Republic. Right. Or has played for the Czech Republic, so I dare say somebody will say, "Ah, yeah, but in so in nineteen, uh, in sorry, in two thousand and twenty-one, he he moved to the right side in his, but he was playing left side when I saw him in the Euros." So there you go. Yeah, look, he's a he's a quality. Thomas Callas is a quality defender, and he's he's no mug as a footballer. I mean, he shouldn't be. He cost us eight million quid. Mm. Um, but you you can keep saying, "Well, he can cover that. And he can cover. He can't cover both." And then. You know, you get an in, you get an injury. At the moment, oh. we've probably got just about enough if everyone's fit. Yeah, but you do ideally want two players for every position. Yeah, and yeah. so that's why I say I think we need Nigel Pearson needs to bring in two players. So if you like Cornick and someone else, and right. various people have been linked. Well, Amari right. Hutchinson at Chelsea, which would be yeah. a so-called superstar, according to Abamian. Well, He's a winger, so right. he's a left. He's a left winger, um, and he's very quick and skillful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but he's a young lad, and if I was a War Edwards, I'd be thinking, "Well, hang on, how come he's in there and I'm up here in Scotland?" Um, yeah. And well, let's keep developing. Let's keep developing our own. Let me give uh, Mark a shout on this. Mark, I think we're widely expecting Cornick to come to us. It's got to be better than going to uh, to Swansea. But um, where do you? What do you speculate might happen in the remaining 48 business hours of uh, the transfer window? Um, hopefully Cornick signs, and I think he'd be, he'd be a great addition, you know, uh, playing in a side that have, uh, that have seventh in the division, got in the playoffs last season. There's a good reason for that. He's been out of favour because they play a 3-5-2, so I think he's been rotating with, with Corley Woodrow, um, but he can play on ever three. Maybe nice to get another midfield player in. Hopefully, something's going under the, under the radar. Uh, maybe um, an, another right back. Uh, who who knows? Uh, who knows? Um, maybe perhaps somebody come, will come in with a late bid uh, for Chris Martin for a nominal fee, so he'll be off the books. Um, and no subs- bidders, no takers at all. No, I mean there, there's there's talk. I mean most of it is but it's bullshit, isn't there? Um, Mr. Masengo thing, I think you know he's 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 written off. Little bloke to me said next to me said yesterday that he thinks Masengo might sign a contract. I think that's crikey, that's got to be in the, the work works of fiction. So he's not. I mean he's not going to going to feature. Close is going to go, but I think unless. That'll be a cancelled contract by mutual Well, I don't think... If we cancel a contract, of course, we still got to pay them off. It's easy to say we'll cancel the contract. still got to pay it off. Yeah. Although Chris Brunt did the honourable thing and said he took the ball by the horns... Chris Brunt himself did, didn't he? So, he well, they, but yeah, but he wouldn't have done it for nothing, would he? I mean, they, he, he, they came well, to an agreement. Deal. You'd have done a they deal. They did a deal. They paid off his contract, and he, he would have t- he would have taken us. No, taken Chris, a, Chris Chris Brunt was driving from Birmingham every day. 
to yeah. the training ground. And he didn't want to do it anymore. So he said, I don't want any money. Just turn my contract up. And that's what oh, happened. Okay. Closer play. is living here. He's got a, probably, with the club paying for it, he's got a rented place here. So his idea is, I'll see my contract at the end of the season. Now, if you pay a player off, that's going to make a monster cash flow. Now, what you yeah. could when you haven't got any money, yeah, exactly. So what you can what you can do is say, well, don't bother to come to the training ground. You you go home and live in Switzerland. Uh, we'll save the money on the flat. And uh, thanks very much and goodbye. Yeah. So that's possible. Things like that. Well, we that don't know that. I mean, has Close been seeing any of the training videos? Because part of the reason why he had issues back in the summer is that he had his first kid, and if he's got a uh, you know, his other half is giving him grief because the kid's just a difficult baby. He'd sooner be back over in uh, Zurich or uh, wherever he lives over there. Uh, uh, you know, because all these personal things, you know, we just don't know what goes on in uh, the background. What, well, what do you I'm, think, I'm, Ian, I'm, about... It doesn't think, matter, about... Dave. You're not going to see the bloke anytime soon, so it's a waste no. of time talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, same, it's same, talk same, about with it. Masen- same with Masengo. Well, you, Masengo, Ian, it's been denied, but, you know, Masengo... He played 110 games for us, apparently, but that's including cup games. Yeah. And he is stuck on this 99. There's no smoke yeah. without fire on that, is there, that we got to pay? Yeah, of course there is. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's probably a pure coincidence. And why would you, if you're having appearances for a club, if we've got an appearances clause on Semenyo, do you think that we've been wooden enough to say it only counts for Premier League appearances? Yeah. Well, we haven't. It's appearances. If he plays 50 times, we want half a million quid or whatever the number is. Because mm. the add-ons aren't... It's only There's only £1.5 million worth of add-ons on Semenyo. Yeah. So, Which isn't you know, good. hopefully, Which isn't good. we haven't been stupid enough to say to base one on Bournemouth staying in the Premier League. Please, God, tell me we weren't dumb enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Bear Boy on here on the text has said, uh, could we have got one from Bournemouth as part of the Semenyo deal, even if it was a loan? And neither of you, although you have actually, because you said Amari Hutchinson, but, you know, are there any other, do you do, taking Amari Hutchinson apart, uh, Mark, do, do you think Nigel would do a loan or do you think probably not now? He's not a fan of them, is he? Well, no, I think he's what well, he's talked about it. I mean, it, the funny thing, he, retrospectively, he talked about how he wanted to sign. He he, he liked to sign Rita Kadra in the summer, but he uh, he decided to go to go to uh, the Sheffield United. Obviously, now it's um, it, it Birmingham it scored because, yesterday. Yeah, yeah scored because it, it didn't it didn't work out there. But I think he's open to it. I mean, it'd be I think it'd be an interesting uh, seventy two hours because. You know, who knows what's in in Nigel Pearson's mind? We need we need bodies. Right. We could do with another midfield player, maybe an, uh, a a right back. Um, and it'd be well, interesting I don't to see. Know. Go, I don't know interesting, about well as cover for um for George for George. Well, Tanner. no, we've got cover. Sorry, I was going to ask you the question to get your take on it. But yesterday, for instance, when we were three 0 up, he's on the bench, right? And you play your best players, right? And by virtue of the fact that, you know, he cost eight and a half million, Callas has got to be one of our best players when available. Uh, you first, Mark. He, he could have, rather than disrupt Viner and Atkinson that's come together as a great unit, he could have taken Tanner off for the last 20 minutes and given Callas time at right back, which, as I've said, in the promotion seasons for Fulham and Middlesbrough, Callas played at right back. And what regularly or just as he played about 20 games, right? That is my view. Somebody please correct me, and Ian might be able to. But if he's played there, it, it doesn't matter if he played well, he played X number of games there, I believe, right? On paper, he is a better player than George Tanner, and George Tanner's done well. But in a cup game, when you're 3 0 up, could he have bought him on for the last 20 minutes and just seen what it looked like? Well, I think George Tanner's done okay. I think yesterday, you know, it was the first time that we saw him link up really well with Mark Sykes, 
because yeah. the last few games we haven't really offered this offered much down yeah. the right the right channel like like we have with uh, with Cam with Cam Pring down down the left with the left channel uh, and some and Semenyo. so that was refreshing. But I don't uh, I don't think uh, um, Nigel Pearson sees him as a, as a right back. Otherwise, he would have he would have played him there regularly. And I think he wants to wrap Callis up in in cotton wool until he thinks he's uh, he's you know he's he's ready to play because of his injury problems. It is as simple as that. Mm. All right, yeah, you've got you don't forget you've got Kane Wilson coming back soon as well. Who's another? Well, he's a right wing back, but he can play right back. I, I wouldn't say that right back is a position in which. We um, that, that we need immediate reinforcements. So I think we're not. Okay. not le- yeah, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Not least because if the worst comes to the worst, you know you've got Scott Sykes and Naismith that can play. Sorry, not Naismith. Scott Sykes and uh, even Vyman have played in that uh, position. Well, even they've played. Out of position. Yeah, they they've played wing back. They haven't played full back, which is which for me is a different position. Um, but 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 that's. In in any event, I think if I was looking at the side and and, and somebody said, well, would you rather have um, a forward, a pacey forward, and a pacey midfield player, or would you have, rather have a right back? I know what I want. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, we've happened on this piece of good form uh, with when we've changed system because of those I've seen it said on a forum. There are those that would say. You know, you'd have a you you'd revert back to three five. You know, if Kane Wilson gets fit, then you know you have a back three of um, of of Callas, Viner, and Atkinson. Yeah, and then Kane Wilson on the right and um, Campering on the left. Yeah, no, and on paper, but <laughs> I wouldn't play what, go back to three five two. No, no, but playing. you wouldn't. But he might. No. It's not down to us. He might. And as some people have said, he he stumbled upon this formation. And people said Lee Johnson stumbled that that good season that we had stumbled on the fact that you know he played Bobby Reed up front, and then once Fam came back in, we sort of lost all direction. Anyway, let's look forward. We're we're we're, we're reveling in cup success, and I think between us, we want to progress as far as we can. So that means. A home tie, a winnable home tie, or just a home tie, full stop. And if it is away, away at Man United, where you make a shitload of money, basically. But uh, we can't escape the fact of the league. There were three matches yesterday. Hull won, uh, the only one affecting us at the bottom. Or well, no, Huddersfield were playing as well, weren't they? How did Huddersfield get on here? Did they? They lost. They lost at Cov. But there's now a four point gap between us and the team above us. So there's that. We're in the we're top of the bottom third of the table. Yeah, next three games coming up: Preston away, Norwich at home, Wigan at home. Um, we hate Preston. Norwich have started scoring under Wagner, and Wigan they parted company with um, their manager this week and bought in somebody who maybe know the name. But points tally from the next... Um, Sean Maloney, it was. Is it Sean Maloney? I'm, yeah. I'd love the next three to go draw. I'd love the next three to go win, 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 right? But I'm being realistic. I'd love the next three to go draw, draw, win, which would be five points, uh, which would put us on um, 38 points with uh, 50 games to go, from which we'd need a point a game. But draw, draw, win. Um, was that is that acceptable to you, Mark, or do you see it being any different? I think we can get other six than what points. we hoped for. I'm just being realistic. Six points from those three games. I think Norwich might be a defeat. Although I think we could get a draw, be an open game, and you know they'll come they'll come to Ashton Gate to you know to to, to win. They certainly won't be playing for a draw. Preston have only won two games at home. Um, really strange season for them. First seven games, they didn't concede a goal, mm. and you know they've 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 you know they're winning games away at Blackburn four one, then losing you know losing at home the, the next week. So I think we could take three points there. I think we got lots to be confident about, and we should should beat Wigan. I think we'll beat them narrowly. So I'd be looking for six points in the next three. Okay, that'd be good to have, uh, Ian. Well, 
I said before, including the Blackburn game, we had 10 games and I wanted to get 20 points from the 30. Uh, because if you look at the end of the season, if we get to the last six games and we oh, get any more, awful. any more than six points, um, then we, we may have them because we've got a very, very tough run in. Yeah. So uh, if, uh, that's, that would be my hope. What we've got to do is what we haven't done, and that's put to under Nigel Pearson, is put together a run of wins. So we need to win something like, I don't know, let, also, I won't be go too, too mad, um, somewhere between three and five on the trot. And we need to establish a clear gap, some daylight between us and the bottom three. Yeah. Now, that, that Huddersfield defeat yesterday was a good thing for us because it means we're seven points clear of Huddersfield and they've only got one game in hand. And Casey Palmer did us a favour because he got one of the commentary goals. So um, that that would be my take on it. I think we need about 53 points to stay up this season in what is a, a competitive division, but it's, it's, for me, it's average. So um, I, I'd, I, that's what I'd like to see us do. Um, and if we play like we did yesterday, and I think that, Formation would particularly suit us um, away from home. Where, what where we've been playing are, now, how, how we lined up. Yes, yeah. because sides are duty-bound to attack us and we can sit in and play on the break. Um, yeah. So I get them on that transition. And, and if we've got guys up front like Bell, Wells, uh, Andy Weidman may come back from this injury refreshed and better, you know, more like Andy of last season rather than Andy of this. Yeah. Uh, if we can bring in another forward, then hopefully well, we'll have Cornick. Another, uh, That's Cornick, isn't it, really? Well, we, we don't know. We, they, they, they've got other targets as well. So we don't know. Everybody's assuming it is. But then again, people were telling me that he was at the HPC on Saturday having a medical when he was actually... In Luton's team playing, playing for an hour, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, let's let's not let's not have does that. Does Cam Pring walk straight back into the side to replace Jay De Silva? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, for me, yeah, yeah. And if we no, sign Cornick, if we sign Cornick, uh, and I know you say he's a replacement for Chris Martin, uh, Ian. I I I don't see him as a like for like replacement, and you've already said that because he can play anywhere along the front line. Yeah, but he's a bod to replace a striker that is in the land of the banished. But if Cornick well, is signed, if Cornick is signed, I guess you stick with the young lad who's got two goals uh, uh, against a decent side in the cup and you put Cornick on the bench. That's the best he can hope for, isn't it? He's not going to walk straight back into the side, or is he? No, and, and no, and neither's, neither's Andy Vineman. Um, you know, but what, what it does give you is, is a strong bench and you'll yeah. need that to affect games. And it's a squad game. People say, well, you know... We've got this and we've got that. Yeah, but players get injured. We know that. We know at any one time we'll have between, I'll be generous and say between three and six players injured. And our players don't seem to get little niggles and then they're back the following week. Our players tear hamstrings and do their calf muscle and things like that. So we, we've, we, we have to build up the, the, the squad that we've got. Um, because, you know, players will get suspended. Cam was yesterday. Players will get injured. Yeah. Uh, players will get ill between now and the end of the season. That applies yeah. to every club. So we, what we need to do is is have the squad. And I'm not talking about, you know, doing a Chelsea and having 40 players or 50 players or whatever they finished up with now. They just signed so, another one, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah loaned, just saw that. And yeah. loaned, him back, loaned him back to the club. But I think the football authorities are changing the rules regarding amortisation of contracts. Yeah. But for me, they should go back to what it was 30, 30 odd years ago um, in the days before the Premier League when you had to pay, put 50% down and pay the, the, uh, the rest over 12 months. Now, that would stop a lot of this nonsense that's going on because Chelsea are just hoarding players. They're buying yeah. people so that somebody else can't have them and giving people, you know, buying a bloke for 80 million and uh, giving him um, Back. an eight-year contract. Oh, yeah. So you, you can write it off at, at 10 million a season. To me, it is just wrong. But anyway, if, if the rules allow it, they're, they're entitled to do it. I just don't think it's, it's morally uh, 
uh, morally fair and morally right. But anyway, I think I think, I think UEFA FIFA are looking to limit that to five That's years. What I just said, yeah. yeah, it's just taking the five. Five is okay. Isn't it? Five yeah. is okay. Five is okay. And indeed, Semenyo, he got is is a four and a half year contract, I think, isn't it? Yeah, from that perspective. With an option of one. Is it so is it four plus one and the six yeah. months is in no, there? No, it's anyway? four and a half. Four and a half plus one. So right. effectively five and a half if Bournemouth want it to be five and a okay. half. Okay. All right, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, guys. Well, look, it's been, uh, I say, it's, it's great when we keep winning or drawing or being unbeaten. Uh, all eyes will be on the one show on BBC at Ball number 13, o'clock. I think. Uh, Ball number Jeff 13. Yes. Yeah, number 13. Yes. Lucky 13 yeah. for us, hopefully. Lucky 13. As long as it's at home, that'll be great. Although, as you say, you know, Southampton away, Tottenham away. I'd love to go to that got one of my clients is a season ticket holder in, in corporate so he probably won't be interested in watching us but i'd love to go and see the, <laughs> i'd love to go to the Tottenham stadium it's supposed to be pretty good um and then uh you know who knows into the uh <clears throat> into the quarter final for the first time since uh 1974 but uh, good to see uh little lee get a win yesterday six was, nil was there. it Yes, six 0 against Aberdeen. Who got oh, it was he who ended. It was he who ended the. It was he who ended Jim. Yeah, well, their manager reign, walked. Their manager looks like he did a Brian Tinian after Swansea uh, away. That seven 0 because he didn't even do the team briefing and was seen walking out of the ground twenty minutes. Well, I don't think I don't think losing the Darvel helped him either, did it? The other day. So. Well, no, that was the that was the killer. But uh, so Lee won. And uh, Fam, he didn't make the squad for Granada, but he's uh, dropped down to Segunda in the Spanish league to try and uh, help them. I just checked while we were talking, but he didn't. Uh, he wasn't on the bench, but uh, Granada did win two goals to nil. But who cares? This is forever. This is silly podcast. <laughs> You've uh, said it. <laughs> yeah. Who right cares here? about? No, I tried to make it. I tried well, to. Apparently, Dave, you did. Yeah, you can't do something like I care, otherwise I wouldn't mention it, would I? Yeah. No. Do you remember the? Um, the I think it's, it's getting like the Roger Malone. There was. I remember a story about thirty years ago. There was a Roger Malone fan club, and. Uh, Seriously, Roger Malone was contacted by this group called themselves the Roger Malone Crown Club, who were who were real, and he thought they were just taking the piss. But it's been getting it's getting like that, isn't it? Well, I hope not. Satan grieves you or something like that. No. <laughs> those were the days. Uh, but guys, look, thanks for your uh, contribution, and and for those of you that have uh, listened live today, hope you've enjoyed that. Matthew Pickles and Zane and Alan and all the all the regulars are in. Loud Lisa uh, and and those that. Can't don't bother to change the allocated uh, password, but uh, no, it's 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 great uh, to do it when we're coming off the back of a win uh, like we had, and there've been some good performances, you know. And it's great to see the youngsters coming through. Fair play to uh, um, Tins for that; he's done a fantastic job uh, there. And we didn't talk about the goalkeeper because you know that hiking that's been signed, you know, looks. Half decent coming in. Uh, 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 he's half Russian, half Israeli, I think, or something like that. But it's uh, no, it's good. and obviously this week, um, City welcome the uh, new chief executive. I believe he's due to start uh, on the first of Feb. Um, so welcome him to Ashton Gate. Goodbye to uh, Richard Gould to the as he clears off to the uh, more uh, political, if it could be anything like that, political world of uh, cricket. But there we go. Ian Mark, thanks for your contribution, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, we'll be back a week today and discussing how we got on up at Deep Dell. Thanks for listening, everybody. All the best. Bye bye, mate. Bye. Yeah, take care. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. 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 There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when red, red robins are bob, bob, bobbing along.
Red Robin come ba ba bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along.